0: Through food, adventures calling Forest fires, cougoos Marlin, take a chance And roll the dice one day If you're a team, play us Find you, millennials can Join this quest too Expedition,
1: we're gonna find a way <laughs> The grizzly Pace The grizzly
0: Pace The grizzly Pace So, it's another Barney epic. that's all I can say um so strap in because this ride gets a little bit bumpy. Well, not really, but you know you gotta you gotta amp it up a bit, don't you um i um I'm eternally grateful to Barney for all the messages he sends in, but um Perhaps even more so for for being such a great player in my games and for being such a great GM in the games in which I play. And for perhaps bringing me to a point of understanding and realisation. You could almost say that he's been a bit of a Zen master to me. Although, when you hear his message, you might wonder how how why you would rake a pear tree itself. Um, I don't think you rake the tree Surely you just rake the leaves underneath the tree I mean if you put your rake up It's going to get caught up in the branches And you know it's just not going to work is it Really is it Barney So he told me to go and rake the pear tree Because I perhaps need to uh, re-examine some statements I made Or some thoughts that I had And, And he was quite right because really this is all this episode is all about power, about the need for power i've 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 talked about it before, referenced it before, but I think Barney um articulates it in a really neat way in in this message and and in a way that challenges me and makes me want to sort of examine some of my expectations and beliefs so so yeah it's all about power it's about Power players, and, and um, uh, it's sorry, it's all about player power and power GMs. So uh, yeah, I I kind of like this idea of there being a GM equivalent of a power gamer, a power gamer master. I I think I think that might be, um, even though the the meaning of it is completely different to what a power gamer is. I, I think is a term that we need to Embrace and I, I need To embrace it perhaps more more In a way of understanding Some of the ways in which I can run games better And And also to give me an insight Into into how to enjoy being a Player more so Here's Barney
1: Good morning Andy I'm going to Focus this Call on you as a player, uh, in response to these last two episodes that address my question about your approach to your different games and so on. It's a lovely sunny morning. Uh, I'm going to walk up past the Roman remains, hopefully a quieter kind of way. And, I couldn't find my sunglasses, but then I remembered I got some of those funky ones that change, so I got those on, how exciting. I'm gonna try and not blather on for too long here. Um, Andy is a player, Andy is a player. Oh, the first thing was, I love this, I love this remark that you made uh, you're talking about the gladiatorial games and you you invoked a uh, double torsoed single-bodied creature double torsoed single-bodied i'm just wondering if if you've got a double torso if that's a single body it's an interesting philosophical conundrum that one i think Anyway, maybe not, I don't know. Okay. So, this, my thoughts here are, my thoughts here are not at all criticisms. They're observations and they're observations that, in my view, kind of pertain to me. So they're partly about me making sense of what you, we're talking about in terms of being a player let's say in the alluvial plains game um, and i completely why well, broadly <laughs> fundamentally understand and respect how you think about things so that's that's where i'm coming from and uh in your in your comments about the alluvial plains game i might not have might not have completely understood it correctly what you were saying so i might go off in a slightly uh, questionable swervy direction but i do think i end up at 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 a good uh, you know at an accurate place i would say from my from my reading right okay so in when you talk about the alluvial plains game you talk about how you you want more stuff to happen basically you want more stuff to happen and what i'm not sure about is whether that's because you're just being a player or if that's in the games themselves so i'm i i'm i'm not entirely sure about that so forgive me if i'm if that's where the misunderstanding might lie um you've said that you that, that playing in the Alluvial Plains game has made you realise that you don't like being a player or you've learnt that or something like that. Now, that I think is a bit of a problematic assertion because you've said that going into the game that you're not a very good player or you don't enjoy it very much or that that kind of thing. So really all that playing in the game has done I would say is confirm what you already suspected so in terms of experimental uh procedure that's a little bit that's a little bit questionable um I mean I just to say again I think I think you're a great player I think you're a fine player um I I don't think that's where the learning resides when it comes to being a player or being a GM. So I'm really pleased that you got something out of it and things are perhaps clearer for you, or they've crystallized or something like that. But if if this, if this I was your Zen master, if this was a Zen challenge, I would be, you know, tapping you on the head and sending you back to uh, rake the pear trees. Um, because it's not about that, it's not about uh that you know it's about accepting the turn-taking structure so the so the learning can't be yeah i don't like the turn-taking structure now what 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 this to me suggests is that you basically want to be the prime mover and i don't think you want adoration or credit from other people i think you when i think you want when you reflect on what you've been doing with your time and your life your creativity and so on i think you want to be able to look inward and say to yourself with all confidence that you were responsible for these things. And I think that's where it connects with the home group, because those are the people, you know, the, the group that you're going to invest the most into, a moment of traffic, the group that you're going to invest the most into are the ones that you invite into your home The ones that show up they they doff their cap on the door they uh don't clear up after them or maybe they do or you pay for the pizza so you want to say that you made that thing happen you kept it going i would say and this so this is very much about power and and so if there is if if someone likes to gm a lot more than play. That the value of being a player is to get a better perspective on that. And I don't think it's simply a case of saying, yeah, I don't like it. And I know that's not what you're saying either, exactly. Um, So I think you, Basically, you always want to be on you just want to be on and you can 't or, or you 're uncomfortable or like you disengage when you are not on now the another of the you know, flip side of that is andy is that in your games excuse me, do you think i don 't disengage? I remember. I remember one episode of forget me not where I did absolutely fuck all for ages now that was fine totally fine so I'm not I'm not complaining what I'm saying is in your games that can happen too and because you're always on and describing this and doing all that you know when you go into a monologue about a situation or the behavior of a character or some details about this and that and everything when you're describing the world of course i zone out because you know you you can go on for a while and that's fine it's totally fine so 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 what i'm talking about here is that that experience kind of involves on and off time or high and low energy high and low concentration and i think that's fine i think i think that kind of uh variable experience is 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 very valuable and important as a player i pretty much like you've pointed out as a player, you've you, you you have to accept that if not enjoy it. But as a GM, there are things you can learn about those kinds of uh, that kind of pacing, that kind of rhythm, those kind of switches. Now, in the Alluvial Plains game. It's a really fascinating process for me as a GM because it is incredibly light touch on my part. I almost have to do nothing. And we have got into a a quite a fascinating situation with it where um, there's, there's a lot of kind of posturing within our Stone Age trader town, there's a lot of, sly glances and having a look it's a, it, looking around it's there's a lot of social interaction and surprisingly no um surprisingly little not no hair <laughs> surprisingly uh, little dice rolling going on um but to very quickly point something I would say I am I'm still very much I still very much have an eye on the structure of our sessions so that we can reach a certain high point find something else out and conclude it at a satisfying point so I'm absolutely thinking about that and you know in your comments about running campaigns if you're improvising you don't know what's happening I don't think that's true at all I'm applying certain structural techniques even if we are improvising and we're together working things out so there are very few big long monologues a Goodman uh, from me in alluvial plains i think of course (laughs) haha you could prove me wrong on that one but but it's also very much you know the world is developing we're we're developing the world together i think now you say that you want things to happen and this is where i'm not sure if if that's you just wanting to be on and be the prime mover, or if you, the pacing of the Alluvia Plains game uh, is a bit frustrating for you. If it is a bit frustrating for you, I, I think that's a bit more complicated than you make it sound. Because, so say for example, last, last session, you were threatened by a rather dodgy shaman and you chose to just you know banter on you didn't you decided not to start a fight or do anything like that and that i think leads to an interesting question which is if you want stuff to happen does that mean you want the world to be made up of nasty people doing nasty things um that you as a heroic investigator or hero heroic hero heroic investigator have to confront now i'm not going to do that necessarily andy i'm not necessarily going to just plonk you plonk a bit of combat in front of you i'm going to push you to react and I think what's really interesting about our Braylon Alluvial Plains game is you guys really are in deep shit aren't you you know it's it's really rotting that you know this the 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 social structures in that town are really uh toxic and you've you've all kind of you've all kind of found yourselves somehow at the center of that um so there's a lot of threat there's a lot of nastiness going on and i just feel that the longer that things get held off kind of the the more serious the more or the more substantial the 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 the, the conflicts are going to be the longer that everyone dances around and susses everyone out each other out the more the more dramatic those confrontations are going to be and uh, oh god there was something else I really wanted to say Um, damn it forgotten what that was it'll probably come back to me and then I'd have to leave another message so so I yeah just to just to summarize again I I I feel I feel that there is a lot of drama building up in our alluvial plains game and if you want to push it more you can there's absolutely uh, every opportunity for that oh i know what i wanted to say yeah okay so we also have this kind of structure where you play for two hours but it's okay for you if we play on a bit and i've talked about this before in in a recent episode on loco ludus and I think, you know, there are, there are positives to that. There are, you know, it, it, it's fine. It fits, it fits everyone how they're doing. It le- allows that, the little family group to have a moment separate to you that you don't need to be bothered with. But yes, you're absolutely right. That does put you out, you know, does put you in a slightly peripheral position. But you kind of communicated that when we started the campaign. That was why I chose for you to be if you like a satellite character because you said oh I'd let you know might I only be able to do two hours etc etc even after we had I think it I can't really remember but even after we had said we would play for a bit longer um and <laughs> so that's all a very woolly kind of thing but what that what that meant in the first session was that you missed the the showdown the fatal showdown with bowler which was great fun really great fun and that set the that set the whole ball rolling if you like in terms of the trouble that you've got into because you took bowlers bowls you traded them on and so on so so you missed that one bit of combat which is basically the only combat that we've had apart from you when you rang off after two hours said yeah i'm going to let me get a kicking for trying to uh trick the uh the guards the local guards But we are all, things are happening, they are progressing. And this comes back to the turn-taking issue. Everyone is taking a turn. And, you know, you you always come in with some fantastic stuff when it's your go. And you, uh, you, you intervene in really interesting ways. And I thought it was great last time that you, persuaded uh spencer's character to to go to the bowler's lodge and you're sitting there chatting with the the big out of town bowler um but then more more widely i do think i do think there's this there's this thing about power going on and and so I think there are still things to be learnt, but there are always things to be learnt by being a player. And a quick little thought about running published campaigns, big published campaigns. I think there's also a thing about power there, it's like it's a it's something legitimate, and it has a shape that extends. I, I, I'm kind of thinking of it like a, it's like a red carpet that's rolled out, and you can say this is the trajectory. It's classic. We're doing it. We're, we're honouring it. Um. And, but precisely that it that that, as the GM, you have. Mastery over that, you have the overview, and what players don't have typically is the overview. But that's especially true for everyone when they are improvising and creating things on the fly. But I don't think that that's aimless, and that just goes back to my points earlier on about this different. Structural thought process in the improvised games to make those sessions satisfying, to, to uh, craft the, the emerging structures, arcs, uh, events, and so on. But it's certainly not to feel like it's aimless or it's not going anywhere. And I think if you feel that the Alluvial Plains game is aimless. I would, I would really disagree with that. Wow, Barney!
0: You said you. I'm sure you said at the beginning you're going to keep that short. If that's a short one, mate. Fucking hell! I'd hate to get a long one. Nah, you can leave as much length. <laughs> you can leave as much. You can lay down as much length as you like, Barney. <laughs> oh. I've got to the windy bit. I'm walking in I'm walking in the uh, volcano again. Hold on. Well, it seems like there's wind everywhere today, but that particular bit is a bit of a um it's like a dry gulch. Well, that's not the right term, but it's like a little um wind tunnel really that funnels the wind rather rapidly through. There is one of those funny little labyrinth things there as well. Um, strange stone circles that I keep wittering on about, they are nice there's so many of them, you keep keep finding more of them, just suddenly there's another little one somewhere it's a lot of work anyway that was a lot of work Barney and it's going to be a lot of work to try and address your points but um, I'll start with with, I guess, this general point about wanting more action. I, and I think I, I, I gave you a response before we played one of our games, either Alluvial Plains or, or Cthulhu. I, I, I'm not, I can't remember which. But I, I wanted to really reaffirm to you that it wasn't in the narrative or anything like that. I literally meant more action more more dice rolling um, and as we discussed I missed out two of the most dramatic fights so um, inevitably my perception of, of how the rhythms and textures of that game ebbed and flowed are very different to everyone else's because I didn't get any of those um, climax and releases as it were <laughs> all I got was rising tension and that's no way to leave leave a session, is it? Just with the rising tension and no climax, eh, eh? <laughs> so, so due to circumstances and choices, um, I, I kind of left myself hanging there, really. And I just want to say that um, I've taken. I, I hope you realised I took all of that stuff very much. I internalised a lot of that stuff and thought about it. And the last session we played, which was, I think, on the twenty-fifth of April, so what, um, sort of a, a week and a half ago, that was a completely wonderful and different experience for me. And I think you've done it. I think you have broken my curse, my gesh as I, as I described it, on on our little Twitter conversation. I think. Without realising it, I, I was I had been cursed to to not enjoy being a player, and you 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 did it, <laughs> you did it because I I enjoyed that session as much. Now here's high praise, Barney, as much as running a session, and I and 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 you know what I, I think I need to be a bit more precise now because I'm now realising that it's very much to do with with online play. I did not feel this feeling from face-to-face play because I, I spent almost, well, over a year playing in, in Curse of Strad run by my friend Marco. But that was uh, around the table. That was face-to-face. And... And I think it boils down it boils down to sensory input <laughs> if, if if I want to be really specific about it. you know we all know this when you 're sitting around a table you 've got all these things that you 're able to um, experience, observe, and convey through body language and gesture and looking into someone's eyes and and feeling the the rhythm and you know, sharing snacks and uh, all this social stuff that, that is, is hugely important. And the more I think about it, the more amazed I am that people keep coming back to be players in online gaming because it's hard. It's hard work. It's much harder work being a player in an online game. I don't think it's necessarily harder being a GM because actually you've got a bunch of tools that make a lot, a lot of things easier. I mean, what is harder, of course, is to maintain people's attention, I think. And, of course, uh, as you point out, everyone drifts off. I think when it's around a table, it's a little bit harder to do that. Although, of course, it does happen. Dice stacking and reading rule books and and looking at your phone and all of this stuff does, of course, happen around the table and is annoying and disruptive, I think. And, you know... uh, I, I guess we 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 hope it doesn't happen, but of, you know, in an online setting, you've no idea what's going on with with your players. So, so I think that's been my main problem being a player um, in a, in an online context, because that phone is just there, and you know, the other screen is is just over to the left, and. You can kind of drift in and out Without anyone really noticing Without them really noticing But that last session you ran I I took your advice to heart I made stuff happen And that stuff was thrilling and exciting And I suppose it does validate One, one um, theory Is that I kind of need the action I kind of need the combat um, I want to feel like my character really is under threat you talk a little bit well sort of more towards the end about this escalating danger this that we're getting deeper and deeper in the shit i don't think we've all fully realized that or or at least i haven't maybe i'm the stupid one but it's felt yeah that, that there's a bunch of ne'er-do-wells but it hasn't felt like you know we've been seriously um targeted for you know, because in my mind, if 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 this gang of, of scoundrels do really have a firm grip on this place, they'd have just dealt with us pretty quickly, wouldn't they? I felt that there was more, it was a bit more ambiguous. And maybe that's just me being stupid. Now, of course, um, one of our key characters turning up with his throat slit at the end of, of the previous session, I probably probably gives the game away that (laughs) you know things are gonna go rapidly downhill but I really played into that Um, I really tried to make stuff happen we had a wonderful scene at the beginning that I loved where I was still somehow trying to bluff my way into a into a position of at least um, give myself a bit of the upper hand with with these with these bowlers these evil bowlers and and then you force my hand a bit by having this young guy come in and come up and grab me and confront me, and so uh, yeah, I kicked, I kicked off, stabbed the guy, <laughs> sent him tumbling over a stool. Oh, oh, have you fallen? Sorry, dead. I think he was dead. And I really thought at that point I was, I was going to be finished off because I was surrounded by enemies but I don't know due to a lucky roll or whatever or you've just been kind you you let me escape um I I I sort of managed to sow enough confusion I suppose to put them off their guard for a brief second while I ran and then and then we we realized that we had to take a serious action now we had to take we had to take hard action. We couldn't just keep nibbling around the edges of this mystery. We had to bite right into it and see what, what, was, uh, what was rotting at the heart of Braylam. And yeah, we ended up going into the, the shaman's caves. And uh, it didn't go too well, did it? <laughs> it didn't go too well for us. Um, one dead, two badly wounded. I did manage to kill the shaman. And I was very excited and happy about that. Um, uh, I, I think he was on fire at the point where where he was dying, and I, and I and I I did take a kind gesture. I, I made a kind gesture of putting the fire out, yeah, by pissing on him. Well, I didn't have any water. I didn't have a water skin. Come on, I like, uh, you yeah, know, I like improvising. So the final two things to really talk about are um, this power dynamic that you talk about. Um, and, And there's two aspects to it. There's what you're trying to do, and a lot of GMs try and do, which is to grant the players the power to make stuff happen in the game. Which I think is a fundamental part of role playing and it's a thing that I do not do very well you you reference my my um endless monologues I don't think you use endless but certainly yeah I, I I think that as a GM I do feel like it's my responsibility to provide an experience and I and i think by by being a player and seeing the way that you've you've handled it and knowing that i perhaps need to adjust a bit because i don't know i i sometimes feel like my players aren't moving things forward quickly enough so i'm kind of urging them pushing them a bit and and presenting peril enemies challenges to them to kind of get them to get them going, I also know that there's a lot of sessions that we play where nothing much happens. So, I'm I'm not doing this consistently or, or consistently well, and, and and maybe that's my that's the angel on my shoulder whispering in my ear saying, "Let the players just run, go at their pace. Don't feel like you have to force the pace the whole time. If they're not enjoying it, they'll they'll make other stuff happen." Um, players have different levels of, of um, let's say, motivation or or um, narrative or, or desire to rest narrative control. I enjoy playing with both. I enjoy playing with players that really want to grab the bull by the horns, maybe do some stupid, crazy things, and then beautiful chaos ensues. Our Watchers of Walberswick are um Crew, oh, I really shouldn't call them that now because we're 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 well past that. But I always think of them as the Warblerswick Crew. Oh look, there's a lizard. Thankfully, no rattlesnakes today. I'm sitting on these nice benches in this little. It's kind of like an amphitheater, but it's a natural one. It's a uh, must be another bit of the volcanic Ujima flips. It is. It's like a semicircular amphitheater. It's more than semicircular. It's almost completely enclosed. It's very. It's very strange and beautiful. Um, yeah. So, the Wobbersworth crew—you're always, always resting narrative control. In the last session we played, it it went almost completely off the rails due to your actions, and and I don't mean off the rails from the um, from the story, because honestly, at that point, um, we weren't you know, the story was, was really just ha- happening at the table. So whatever you guys were doing, that was the story, which, which I know sounds stupid because shouldn't that be what happens in every session? But, uh, you know, as I've said, I'm a, I'm a power GMer, power gamer, gamer master power. Oh, I don't know. There's no, yeah. Um, and you know, you actually made some new plot things emerge out of your, your interactions. So, so that's, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. But I also do enjoy playing with players who are more, uh, I wouldn't say passive, but more like there for the ride. There to enjoy the ride and, and, and express themselves as they're going along for the ride. But they kind of want to see where things take them. Because it's this for that for them it's a journey of discovery rather than necessarily a journey of creation and I, I think players flip flop between the two. So I'm as a player I am perfectly willing to take my turn, Barney. I am not. I do not want to be the centre of attention. You, you you acknowledge that. I know that I need to enjoy it in a very different way to being a GM. And I think it's it's actually very good because it makes me realize that that perhaps I need to cut down on my narrative expositions as as Daniel has said many times he wants to let the players imagine the scene in their head um i I was once given the um the dubious sobriquet verbal goodman i this is not Consigned purely to my game mastering. I, I say too much, too often, and at the wrong moments. So learning to be more quiet and let the players drive things is, is, um, is the lesson. Now the other lesson, and I suppose putting this into practice... Is that I've been running League of Eternal Guardians Barney <laughs> As I told you um, But I haven't told the listeners yet um, How it's gone And we had our first session And I think it went really well My, my players may or may not agree I, I I think they did enjoy it It was very much that structure That you granted us This, this um, story seeds from from the players Forming the adventure And it's A unique and weird, quirky adventure. It's set in it's set in Bora Bora, set in French Polynesia in sixteen hundred or the sixteen hundreds. And uh, I won't say any more, but they 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 have just met a a French stage magician (laughs) who, for some reason, was left on the island by by his um, by the captain of the ship that he was on. Sounds a little bit like that thing from the Hitchhiker's Guide, doesn't it? With the um, telephone sanitation engineers and the hairdressers being sent to Earth. But, but um, uh, or wherever they were sent to. Um, I mean, they ended up on Earth. They were just sent off into space, weren't they? And, um, and yeah, I mean, I won't, they've already found a severed head on, a, on the seat of a canoe... And a murder house, which they then promptly set fire to. It had the words "loop de loop" um, painted in blood on the wall. I mean that all of that stuff, literally everything there, was made up by the players, but I don't think they quite realised it. So it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful conceit, Barney, and I, and I think it, it's got huge potential for for me and my gaming. Um, and uh, yes, I. I you you say it it is, it's it's not like you you're just making stuff up as you go along. And there is there is work there is work there and structure there when when you do these things, but it, it feels much more freeing in a way that that I don't have to work out all of these details that you know, the players can do. It. And then they get a real kick, I think, out of seeing their characters um, that they invented just just emerge from from the void. We're doing the same thing in my mask campaign. We've now introduced 15 NPCs that they created for this murder mystery and uh, the murder has literally just occurred and they will find out in the next session who it was. I think that there'll be squeals of delight and disappointment when when they do find out. So Barney, again, thank you for everything. Thank you for always being uh, an, uh, a, a great contributor to both the podcast to my game mastering and to my playing and um, may you continue to send in more long and um, rambling messages.
1: It's a game where role playing I'm a stranger
0: and you're making mistakes I have mistake.